two little mice fell in a bucket of cream. The first mouse quickly gave up and drowned. The second mouse wouldn't quit. He struggled so hard that eventually he turned that cream into butter and crawled out. Gentlemen, as of this moment, I am that second mouse. It's amazing. He's talking about motorcycle insurance. Now let's start the show. Step back on the cold. Problems. Mm. Tell us to fuck off. Ladies and gentlemen, the CO double MON synonym for fresh truth is the emblem. A home run derby champion. Who is it? You tell me Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball? You you ever seen that movie uh Trouble with the Curve? About Jesus. Um, I think Alonzo. I think I'm gonna go with Alonzo. I was gonna say if Pete Alonzo is going again, it's, he's gonna win it. Yeah, he he feels like. I mean, I know it's not always the obvious guy that wins. So Soto, give me some Soto. You mean future New York Yankee Juan Soto? Sure. Because or we I... could say current fucking <laughs> like normal people would. <laughs> Listen, Royals fan, you don't even get you don't even get a seat in this conversation. Your team like 30, 40 games under five hundred. Well, that doesn't strike me as odd. They had the Royals had such a nice run for like four years, and it was but every years I ever paid attention. But all of those teams, <laughs> like when I lived in Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh, the Pirates were very much like that too, where mm-hmm. they were just able to take advantage of some really good drafting. They had some decent players already on the team and they were able to find guys who maybe were coming off of an injury or a couple down years and they were able to get for cheap and they just figured out how to put it together. I think the Royals though, they were all like homegrown talent. And unfortunately with so many of these teams, like they can't support the payrolls and they have to cut these guys loose. Is that when they had Granky? In pitching side? Uh, I think he was in the very gone. beginning, yeah. very beginning part. But I, yeah. I, I, but I think he was gone at that point. Like it was him, James Shields, Jordano mm, uh, Ventura, too. Yep. Jordano was like the big splash there when he would come in, and like they, everyone was fucking freaking out because yeah. he was so good. And then he went and got killed in a car accident. That was the 2014 oh. World Series. Uh, let's see. So they won against the Mets, and then I don't think they went back after that. I think that was 2014 and 2013. They lost to the Giants, and I think they they won in 2015. Oh, it was 2015 against the mm-hmm. Mets. 2013 Red Sox won. Yeah. Okay. So 2014 was against uh was against the the Giants and they lost because yeah. uh, what's his face was so dirty. That whole team was just <laughs> disgusting. Yeah. But no, yeah. but who's who's the pitcher? Uh, for the the Giants, Tim Lincecum. Bom- no, well, I thought it was Baumgart. No, not Baumgartner. Madison Baumgartner. Yeah. Was it him? Yeah, he was pretty dirty. Yeah, yeah. he he yeah. was pitching lights out that series. 
But I mean, this this Royals starting pitching though was pretty sick. I mean, Edison Volquez, who I'm pretty sure left the Pirates to go to Kansas City, and he had like a career reboot in Pittsburgh. Ventura, who not a great rookie season, four ERA, 163 innings pitched, but won 13 games. Got some really interesting, like Danny Duffy won seven games. Chris Young, who was like 900 years old at that point, won 11. Johnny Cueto was on that team too. I mean, this was this was a good roster of players, and I feel like I was yeah. Kendry Morales was on this team. Mike Mustakis, Hosmer, Kane, Alex Gordon. Yeah, this was good. Yeah, they had a solid roster. It's funny though because I think of like the northern midwestern teams they're all basically like the same they they're okay with just being subpar or mediocre like every team in that region is like (laughs) they get streaky every so often and it's kind of magical for for their fan base but other than that like they're really just they they're not even ambitious it's it's fucking weird man I mean, I would I would say that the Royals deserve more credit than teams like the like Twins or Cubs. The White Sox, even yeah, because White Sox. at least the White Sox are in a they're in a major metropolitan area, and they haven't been relevant in like fifteen years. Yeah, as soon as they went to that World Series in was it two thousand six. And Ozzie Guillen was their manager. Everything has just been kind of coasting ever since. That guy. I loved Ozzie Guillen. Yeah. And he was a commentator for like an hour. And they're like, no, we can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's just dropping F-bomb after F-bomb. Can't do this. Yeah, this is not a good idea. Yeah, they had some. They, even recently, they've had it. The White Sox have had some pretty good players. They've had good players, but they haven't put anything together, though. Yeah, no, that's the that's the sad part is that like good teams, not like a lack of talent, just not able to put it together. Right. So so do we want to make this interesting? Cause I'll I'll give one of you Pete Alonzo. Why is Albert Pujols in this? Because he's gonna retire. Just like, to remind you that he used to swing a bat. It's like fifty years old. Wait, correct me if I'm wrong, but in order to be in the home run derby, you have to be on an NL roster, AL roster, correct? Yeah, I believe. Uh, so you have to be an all-star in order to participate in the home run derby. I'm actually not sure about that. I thought that's how it worked. I thought, it, no, I, I think it can be. I don't think you have to be an all-star. Hmm. Just goes to show how much I fucking know. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go outside the box. Alonzo's a two time winner at this point. It's kind of for me, I'm not gonna pick him. I'm gonna go with Schwarber. Okay. He's been on he's been on a he's been on a fucking tear lately. He hit 12 homers in June. Um I'm I'm a little worried he might like go super hard in the first round and then kind of like taper off, but uh I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Schwarber. Okay, so for context, it's Kyle Schwarber, Albert Pujols, Pete Alonso, Ronald Acuna Jr., Corey Seager, Julio Rodriguez, Juan Soto, and then Jose Ramirez. 
Those are the eight people that are in the home run derby. Gato, who do you have? J-Rod. Yeah, that's a weird pick. Um, <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say Soto. I'm going to say Ronald Acuna Jr. That is that is a honestly, it was, I, I was tempted to take him. Um, I feel like Soto's kind of like obvious because yeah. he's, he's a fucking power hitter like crazy. And like Pete Alonso is probably going to win it anyway, but like, I'm going to go outside the box. It was either between Acuna or, or uh, Schwarber. Yeah. I, I, I'll pick Acuna. However, I think if he gets far into the home run derby, it's going to ruin his swing for the rest of the year. Well, I, I'm as a Yankee fan, I am quite happy that Joe, that uh, Aaron judge, Joe judge, Joe judge. (laughs) It's football season, baby. (laughs) I, I never, I never have to utter that he's, name ever again. And yet, he's fucking mopping fo- floors in Gillette right now. <laughs> you just invoked him. He's going to become relevant again. <laughs> he's going to be. By the way, Joe Judge is most likely going to be calling plays for the New England Patriots this year, which is what if, special teams plays. <laughs> no offensive plays. Wow. Has so Belichick's just given up, huh? So, He's like, done. yeah, there, there was thought that maybe they would pry Bill O'Brien away from Alabama, bring him back, and it has not happened. So it looks as though he, with McDaniels now um, gone to the Raiders, looks like it's going to be uh, between Matt Patricia and Joe Judge uh, calling offensive the plays. two biggest oh fail God. sons of... <laughs> Bill Belichick, not named Skip or whatever the fuck. Is Bill O'Brien, not Bill O'Brien, Bill Belichick definitely like has like something going on, right? Because he seems like the last few years definitely really weird, really weird choices. (laughs) His mojo is definitely off because if 2004 Bill Belichick saw 2022 Bill Belichick, he'd beat the shit out of him. Right. Or he'd just cut him. He would just cut him. He, he, he probably went on the T12 diet and he's so pissed because he can't eat strawberries. And <laughs> it's just like fucking him up. So they're bad. inflammatory. You can't do it. Um, he, he's just every day, he's just calling up Brady like, I can't eat this either. What is I no can't eat fucking plants? red bell. I can't eat red bell peppers. I've, I've eaten too many fucking almonds that have no salt on them. I need something else. Is there anything else that I can eat? <laughs> yeah, almonds without the skin. Stop calling me. <laughs> you, you could have like three spoonfuls of avocado ice cream. Go for it. Enjoy. It's your treat. You've oh, av- avocado ice cream just sounds depressing. It's yeah. just frozen guacamole. Get the fuck out of here. That's all it is. Yeah, it's basically <laughs> with heavy cream in it. It's, <laughs> yeah, it, it's like 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 ninety percent cacao, fucking chocolate chips. Like it tastes like chalk, and it's all like whey protein in there too. Oh, oh. god, that's his fucking treat. Um, so anyway, getting back to what I was saying, um, I'm glad Aaron Judge dropped out because I was worried that he was going to go into the home run derby and his swing was going to get all messed up. So I'm actually, I'm actually glad he decided not to do it. He's a guy that I'm not necessarily worried about because I feel like he's been in the league long enough where he knows the deal. So if he if Judge were to be in the home run derby and he's a power swinger on his own, like he doesn't have to like. For him, he doesn't have to try very hard, but for like 
Ronald Acuna, like he's a smaller guy. He's not known for power, but he can put it together. And I feel like he's going to come into this, especially coming off of last year where he blew out his knee. He's going to want to put on a show. Yeah. It's, it's really weird how there's like a worry that something like this event is, is going to like mess up their season and their consistency. It's, it's, such a it's, ha- it's happened. It's happened before. But we don't get that for like the the three point competition or the slam dunk competition in basketball. Nope. I will say though, like that's why you don't see like professional golfers in that longest drive competition because you need to comport yourself in like do things to your body that you normally wouldn't do in the sense of like hitting the ball way harder. I think or- that's what it is. It's the exertion of it all. It's like the the amount of like heavy deep swings that you're taking. And especially if you're behind and you're trying to catch up, you're going to mm-hmm. like put like you might you might hurt, they might hurt their shoulder just by trying to put too much emphasis on it. So it's also um, really hot whenever this happens, too. And I feel like these guys are fucking pouring sweat. The whole fucking time. summer classic right now. Yeah, I'm just I'm just thinking about, though, like if John Daly did like a longest swing. I love John pro- Daly. You could probably fuck <laughs> with it, though. You were like subjecting subjecting yourself to you know weird behavior. I mean, that guy. <laughs> what did he eat on the course that one day? It was like twelve diet cokes, <laughs> fucking two packs of fucking cigarettes, and like a jumbo bag of Skittles. Was that yeah. it? There's a lawsuit right now about Skittles, saying that there's a toxin they never removed from them. Maybe that's what keeps him going is the toxic. He's the anti Brady. I'm glad I I'm glad I never really liked Skittles because that was horrifying to read. I have not read that. Can you catch me up on that? So there's a lawsuit out there right now um regarding Skittles. Um and and it was on Fox News because you know the war on the war on candy rages on and uh well, I just want you to eat all the Skittles. Yeah, but <laughs> there's uh, a consumer sued uh, Mars, alleging that Skittles contains a known toxin that makes the rainbow candies unfit for human consumption. Um, is this backed? Is this backed by anything, or is this him making the exertion? Right? So, well, that's it. so. It's it, right now. It's a class action lawsuit um, in California. Um, by a San Leandro resident, Janiel Thames, uh, saying that they contain a heightened level of titanium dioxide. Um, I'm looking through. I'm trying to find out what the fuck titanium dioxide is. Well, because like sound great this, for your diet. I can tell this, you that much. This happens a lot to where like they'll like I've seen this on like like facebook and twitter and all that people find random sounding ingredients and they make it sound like it's like the worst thing ever and then you find out that it's like like pretty innocuous stuff it's just literally a thickener yeah right 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 i mean but but i will say though that like it's weird to see standards in u.s like you look at anything like any like restaurant like Chipotle or fucking a bag of Doritos or whatever. And if you compare the, the ingredients comparably to like UK to the U S there's so many more like weird ingredients that like the UK doesn't allow. 
which that's part of this lawsuit is that um, there are countries in Europe that have banned uh, the use of of titanium dioxide. And we even have a rule here um, per the FDA that says it should not exceed 1% of the food's weight. So that that whatever that uh, chemical is can't be more than 1% of the food's weight. And there are places in Europe that have actually announced that titanium dioxide can no longer be considered safe as a food additive, noting genotoxicity concerns. Which I assume, yeah, it fucks up your DNA, so cancer. Hmm. I feel yeah, like... there's there's a number <laughs> of taste the cancer. There we go. There's a number of things that are in this country that have been banned in others. Obviously, we were just talking about. I I have to wonder a lot. Is a lot of this because this country's just weird fascination with um, hydrogenated corn syrup and like. It doesn't have sugar in it, but it has like all of these other like faux chemicals that have been put in to replicate like sweetness or savoriness or specific flavors. Like it just feels like as soon as this country moved away from actually putting sugar in things, a lot of the the foods started to get really sketchy and what's in there. Well, My take like, is also because of the weight we give corporations, like we've pretty much allowed them to like addict us to certain things oh for sure because like they do that like they like purposely spend money to try and make foods addicting Mm -hmm. i mean i i think like a big part of it too is just that we are a country that lets our morals slide for the pursuit of profit and that's capitalism baby yeah that's exactly it and so like what's what's better than something that's highly preserved that stays on the shelf for a long time so you definitely get your bang for your buck you know they're that's that's what they're doing they're making shit that can travel further can stay on your shelf longer and the side effect is that you're gonna eat a lot of weird shit you're eating a lot of weird shit i was actually thinking about like there's been shark attacks out here on long island and I wonder if it's just like the sharks have now gotten like a taste of microplastics and they like enjoy the, the flavor of microplastics. So when they see a human, we're just chock full of them. It's like eating a pinata, you know, they're eating all the people that are on the paleo diet. You know this. <laughs> <laughs> you smell like blood. <laughs> I'm going to eat you now. There's a, there's a titanium dioxide. There's a new uh, movie that came out by David Cronenberg who does a lot of like body horror stuff mm-hmm. and it's and it's basically like what if we evolved to eat plastics and shit like you know like that idea and he said he wrote it like 30 years ago <laughs> so it's like it's just like the, all of this has been like I I that shit fucking freaks me out more than anything like the microplastic shit well because, played, Mr. Cronenberg. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 kind of like a Mike Judge like prophecy fulfilled situation. Yeah, no, it is. It it really is because also a it, cheap take on like Soylent Green. <laughs> so. Well, that was that was different. That was people. That was plastic. Well, eventually people will be mostly plastic, so you'll be eating. Isn't meat. there like an energy drink called Soylent? Probably Am I crazy. We love Some... a good. Gi- That's the other thing about our food. We love a good gimmick. Gold foil on our on our fucking donut? Yes, please. Someone made like a like a health drink called Soylent. 
and they probably market themselves as healthy. <laughs> and that's the funny thing too. I was having this conversation with somebody yesterday um, that if you want to eat healthy in this country, it's so much more money and it comes in significantly smaller quantities. Um, and I'm sure that it's designed that way from an infrastructure standpoint that, you know, you make less of something so you can charge more for it or, you know, you can get this like family sized pack of frosted flakes, which unless your family is the size of a fucking small platoon in the army, like you don't need 88 ounces or like four pounds of frosted flakes. But Tom, it's great. That's offensive. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm actually looking at um, a website right now about all these banned foods in Europe that are actually American and Skittles is already on here. So ingesting food dyes, yellow number five, number six and red 40 is not good for you. Isn't Um, red, isn't red 40 like crushed up bugs. bugs? Yeah. Okay. So I'm not crazy, right? Crushed up beetles. Potentially. Yeah. These dyes have been known to have adverse effects on young children. They are banned in foods for infants in the European union and foods that contain the dyes must carry a warning label. Norway and Austria banned them completely. Holy shit. And those people are healthy. So they know what they're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So all that to be said, like go out and get the, the giant fucking bag of rainbow Skittles and have yourself a day. Those sour Skittles though pretty good oh they slap <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of shit on here that i'm kind of concerned about now Ooh, let's let's hear all right I let me go back to let me go back up to the top here so 10 minutes of scrolling later yeah it's a big ass fucking list uh frosted flakes wait um, wait so when you say banned you mean like banned ingredients right because they have like frosted flakes over there I'm assuming banned ingredients. Yeah. So many American food additives think flame retardants and suspected carcinogens and production standards that have been approved domestically are banned or strictly regulated abroad. What chemicals are lurking in the ingredients of some America's favorite foods and the production practices are also questionable as well. So we have farm raised salmon, which I'm pretty sure is just dyed salmon. Um, that's, that's a weird one. Uh, dairy with RBST or RBGH hormones. Yep. I think those are like stimulants and growth hormones. Um, Mountain Dew, that tracks. Let's read the, the shit that this is. The citrus-flavored soft drink uses brominated vegetable oil, BVO, as an emulsifier. Ew. BVO is banned in Japan and the European Union because it contains bromine, the element found in brominated Flame retardants, which can build up in the body and potentially lead to memory loss as well as skin and nerve problems. That's why every person I've ever met who drinks Mountain Dew regularly is a fucked up weirdo. That that tracks that Mountain Dew would have fucking vegetable oil in it. (laughs) It was made it was made to be a whiskey mixer. That's the fucking in Tennessee. I'm, I'm glad that I've always thought Mountain Dew tasted like battery acid. What yeah, I imagine battery acid would taste so, like. So, question: wasn't wasn't bro, bromeline? Wasn't that the thing that like Erin uh, uh, Brockovich didn't she like sue over the high levels in the water? Was that that might have been that might have been bromide? Oh, bromide. 
anything with a bro in it is probably bad news. Yeah. Oh, oh, and by the way, um, I just I, I I didn't get to read it, but I I saw an article that I um had grabbed about how human blood is also they're finding like weed killer in it. So um there's so, been a lot of lawsuits regarding uh the use of weed killer and I think pesticide. Roundup got sued, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, it's Mon- it's Monsanto. So it's basically like I think I think it was like a blood samples. I think the, it was a high amount um of blood samples contained like elements of Monsanto products pretty much. Yikes. But is that also kind of unfair in the sense that like they're one of the biggest like chemical producers so like there's a chance that like a lot of their lot of things will end up with like some some of their chemicals in it somehow especially now that we know how the water table works a little bit better and fracking still exists um a con so this is an article webmd uh from july uh 12th a commonly used weed killer excuse me not blood showed up in 80 percent of urine samples of more than 2,300 people tested for a national survey, including children as young as six. So it found that. Found Was this in a, a specific place or like, glo- like nationally? Um, it does not. It does not say. Glossate. They found glossate in the urine samples and glossate is the most widely used herb, uh, herbicide. Um, Children in the U.S. are regularly exposed to cancer-causing weed killer through the food they eat virtually every day. Cool. But don't worry, because Monsanto got bought by Bayer, the same people that make your aspirin. Oh. Makes me feel good. Yeah. Mm. I'm going to do one more food here. Let's see if it's an interesting one. Um, Let's see. Oh, stovetop? Really? So... Let's see what you got that's, in here. That's a Tom DeRoma staple. Tommy yeah. loves his stuffing. I love the stuffing. Um, <laughs> contains preservatives BHA, BHT, which are suspected to be carcinogenic and impair blood clotting. What the fuck? So uh, wait, that, that makes you bleed more or bleed less? It makes you bleed more. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, this has caused three preservatives to be banned in the United Kingdom, Japan, and several European countries. I got to be honest, when I lived abroad, I felt healthier and I ate probably twice as much as I do here. That's been a common thing that I've been reading is that Europeans um, who have come over to the United States have said that they're eating less but gaining weight in the U.S. Dude, like Dutch people, they sit around and drink and smoke all day fucking long. And they seem to be perfectly fucking healthy. They're healthier than Americans. And I would I would like to say that, like, though we do do plenty of drinking and smoking in this country, probably not to the level that they are actually doing. And they seem to be doing just fucking fine. So there's got to be something going on with the diet. It's a hundred percent that. I mean, there's some sketchy shit that's going on in our going into our food and in our water. And in the things that we drank, like it's, it's all bad. Let's I just, I, I just remember like the first time eating a fucking berry over there and being like, this has flavor. What is wrong with this? Like, like what is going on here? You said the cheese was really different, right? Cheese, cheese is stronger there. Lots of cheeses we wouldn't fuck around with here, but 
Like we like they, we like a very mild, basic, more of a, like a something that you use as like an addition to cooking other things with. There, like cheese would be a focus of some some dish or a plate or what have you, or itself onto itself. Hmm. The charcuterie game over there is just fucking insane. Yeah, I would. I would imagine that the the cheese options typically are going to range like aged cheese and hard cheese versus like here throw this like slice of craft american singles onto your face and see what happens in an hour. Yeah, <laughs> food here is like more for the like experience of having something like warm and melty on on whatever you're eating like savory. Yeah. warm and meltiness like when i first came back to the states around christmas time i used you know like christmas time you put out the big italian fucking spread of antipasta and like there were there was always these like um seasoned like mozzarella balls like real small ones right and uh i like you know grabbed a toothpick like popped three or four in my mouth and i start chewing on them like i didn't realize how fucking chewy these things were they were like borderline gumballs you know, and they were the same exact rest. Like nothing had changed with them from when I was younger. Just that I knew better now that I've had like real Italian moots. It's it's again, it's for storage, preservative, tr- commute. You know, they they wanted to travel across the country from their one factory, and so that's how they do it. So, what's the theme of this episode? Are we just complaining about how food sucks now? I mean, I'm good with that. I just want to make sure, like. Well, I, I think it's things that you don't think of, though, right? Like, no one really puts too much thought process behind this because, like, the fact that, like, a whole different country is like, yeah, you're not putting that shit in our food. And we, like, no one has really ever talked about it. Like, I can't think of any politician that has, like, led the charge to get preservatives removed from food and, like, growth hormones away from, like, meat. I think I people think, just assumed that, like, the Food and Drug Administration, that's their job, and everyone trusts them. I, I also think this goes to, like, something that we do all the time, and that's, like, you dare not criticize America for not being this, like, amazing, glorious place that, like, preserves all your fucking freedoms and this and that and the other thing. Like, I think I was saying this the other day, like, LeBron James had to apologize because his, like, tweet about um Brittany Griner still being in a Russian jail um came off like it was criticizing America this beautiful country of ours and he had to like go out of his way to say I'm not criticizing America like you know oh yeah he said he said if he was that? he said if he was her he'd probably not want to come back to the US yeah i don't know what and- the context of that is though like go oh. where then? Like stay in Russia? Like yeah, I, I think also too that's, you know, LeBron is a very successful athlete who's made a a pretty, pretty significant mark on the industry of sports, and he's been a pretty solid entrepreneur as well. But like, uh, if I'm Brittany Griner, I don't want to spend a lot of time in Russia because it's a a little bit of a uh, not supportive country to LGBTQ. Um, folks, they they deny. There's some some regions they actually deny that they even have like homosexuals in. They're like, no, they don't exist here. Yeah, like, <laughs> sure they don't. 
Sure thing, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> you can go live in like a regressive state like Russia. That would be fun. I mean, I I think in in LeBron's heart of hearts, he means well by the comment, but like it can't. Like people were like, "What you saying? You saying America's not awesome? It's not this most amazing, beautiful place? Like it can suck a lot." And we should be allowed to say that. I don't understand why people freak the fuck out when you criticize it. It's so, just a way of making people shut up about things that they don't they don't want to talk about. It's dismissive. Yeah, and it's and it's because you don't want to address the real problems like that are going on. Like if you love something, you'll try and fix the problems and make it better, right? Their there's their mindset is just to keep it exactly how it is and if anything, actually go back go back in time yeah and i think people get that confused in the sense that like we can be critical of this country and and challenge some of the things that are being done it doesn't mean we hate it and i feel like that's the way that so many of our arguments and disputes go now where you have to be fully on one side or the other in order to be able to have a conversation with somebody and we're so you know, everything is like a this or that or a what about, like. Was the you know, word repressed? A- Were you going to say repressed? No, I wasn't going to say repressed. But I think people just need to realize that conversations about like the a country of 340 million people is a little bit more nuanced than you either love or you fucking hate it. Like, yeah, there are things. About, yeah, there are things about a lot of things that, you know, there are multiple sides to. I know that Frosted Flakes will probably fucking kill me, but. <laughs> like once a year, like I'm going to go for that little thing of frosted flakes in a hotel or, you know, we just, I miss those little boxes. I fucking hated those boxes. I hated those boxes. Well, I used to eat like four of those little boxes at a time. Okay. Well, that's different. I was, I was actually complaining that there was not enough serving size in there, but you know, I guess that's how you circumvent that. Yeah. (laughs) Do you have like three more of these fruit loop boxes? Like I'm still hungry. Yes. Give that to me. I think that's, I'm seeing more and more of that in our political space where you either need to be fully pilled on one side of the argument or the other and anybody who's in the middle is basically shut out. And I know we've talked about this before, and I'm not reinventing the wheel by anything that I'm saying right now, but I just feel more and more disconnected politically from everybody because it's like, you need to do this. We need to vote more. I'm like, bro, I've already fucking voted. <laughs> yeah. We, we get into this thing. It's like um, you can only you can only be involved in the conversation if you're one or the other, because that's the conversation we're having when you're like, oh, I have a different take on this. Like, we're not having that conversation right now. That's that's a different topic altogether. Yeah. yeah. You probably you, don't love America. You don't. Right? <laughs> Shit. You don't love America. I don't I'm like being fucking called that. out on air like that. What the hell, guys? <laughs> no, it's it's yeah, it's it's there's there's no nuance anymore. And it's like it's basically just like monkeys in the zoo throwing fucking shit at each other at this point. Throwing Skittles at each other. <laughs> oh god. So I mean so if Skittles, like, I would assume M&M's probably have the same problem, though, right? I mean, they're both Mars Incorporated. Yeah, probably made with the same chemicals. Yeah, I mean, and there's a red M&M, isn't there? Yeah, I've seen the commercial. I know, yeah, but, but I do they're... I do love peanut M&M's, though. Like, 
I think anybody who says they don't like them, the, the chocolate Gestapo is going to come and get you. The, the peanut the peanut M&Ms are good, but the peanut butter M&Ms are actually better. Yeah, I'm not down with that because that's definitely more of the same shit that Skittles, Skittles is getting sued for. It's peanut butter. <laughs> is it though? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I don't think you can actually call it peanut butter at this point. It's, it's basically peanut, it's peanut product. <laughs> yeah, it's peanut product and sugar. That's about it. <laughs> like if no we, shit, Sherlock. <laughs> if we were to have to pick our favorite chocolate or candy of all time without the potential of getting, you know, red dye number 40 like injected into our veins and killing us what would you choose it's an easy answer snickers okay it's also like nostalgic for defend me, your rationale no i mean it obviously it's like chocolate peanuts nougat it has all the elements that you want in a candy bar but i'm telling you one of my vape I mean, gato can attest to this one of the best memories ever was after football practice, we would go into the mm-hmm. locker room and they had Snickers in the freezers. So we would have a, like a crazy, you know, three, four hour workout and then you would eat a Snicker bar and it was like the greatest thing ever. Now, so it has, they, nostal- were, it has nostalgia roots for me too. Were they the Snickers ice cream bars though? No, no. Oh, was, they were just, just stri- they were they just. Had, they weren't. I think it was in the fridge, not the freezer. They okay. weren't like they were. They were like edible. They weren't like you, you a were base, in a chip a baseball bat. Right, 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 right. <laughs> no, I, but I, I, it's chocolate, peanuts, caramel, and nougat. Like, what more do you need? Whoever created that fun size Snickers is a piece of shit. And oh, they're like, yeah, you can't crack. have just one. It's like it's a, a giant shit. fucking waste of my time. It's a crack. <laughs> it's but it's crack though. Like it, you will like. Where did the bag go? And it's like, it's just gone. I just remember after Halloween. It was never there. Yeah. (laughs) After Halloween, my parents would just put all like the candy that was not given out in the basement. And it was just like, Mm. no one was checking. And I'm just going down there and just sucking down like five of those (laughs) at a time. (laughs) They're so good though. And it's like, it's just that like, that's the thing is like, especially if like cold, like God, was there any better moment? Like after practice eating that Snickers bar? I don't know. Like, I totally forgot about this. The fact that they often used chocolate as a like motivator for yeah. Us. <laughs> Gatorade. We would we would go into the locker room, and I, that fridge was like ice cold. It would be a fucking Gatorade turned all the way down. Turned all yeah. the way down. Yeah, it'd be a fucking Gatorade and, and like a full size Snickers bar, and like I was just like in my happy zone because like I just lost like. 40 pounds in that practice so i feel like that was like the the entire thing was that it was a grift by the coaches like because you don't get paid that much to be to to be a high school football coach right Right. especially like when you're doing jv or whatever so what do you do you go out and you buy a, a fridge and you stock it with fucking freezing cold gatorades and and uh snickers bars and you charge a dollar for them yeah, and you're just making money hand over foot, <laughs> but like Tax it was, free. The, but it was just, it, it's just like I used to that, like I don't know why, but like I don't remember like a ton of stuff from around that time, but like I don't know why that sticks in my, my brain. I had forgotten about it, but it reminded me of like when, uh, when the 
the head coach would call us into his uh, his office. He'd like pull us out of class in middle school, and he'd be like, "Ah, so uh, you're ready for another season?" <laughs> and he's got like a five he's got a five pound Hershey bar, and he's got like this pocket knife that he pulls out, and he's just like chopping you off a piece of it like here you go you're a growing young boy you need some of this this is good fuel god he's not... going god i have not heard that impression in a long time oh no, Anthony I... Quintero. what how much are you benching right now <laughs> what are your numbers god so are you telling me that you basically got like Pavlov's dog into playing fucking football because this person would bring you into their office cut a piece of Snickers for you and it's like must play football. You know, if if it what if it wasn't literally just that, people would have to wonder what was actually going on. Because like <laughs> cuz like, everyone was coming out of there with like a sugar high, like not much to talk about, like eyes oh, were yeah. dilated. He just gave me a bunch of chocolate and just wanted to talk to me. Are you sure that's all that happened? So you boys yeah, can play a little tackle this year, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh god all right Kato, what's your uh what's your favorite candy of all time i you know what i'm i am a big fan of, of snickers but i'm gonna nope, go you a gotta step... pick something else you i know i know candy. no no i wasn't i wasn't gonna go with that i was just gonna say that i also agree snickers is a great bar but what i find i will reach for first a lot of times is twix i like me a twix bar. Ooh, it's the only candy with the cookie crunch Exactly, and that cookie crunch is mag. It's it's a feat of science. I don't know how they've perfected whatever that is. Are you more of a left Twix man or a right Twix man? Well, I I like to use the right part of my brain, so I'm gonna say I'm a left Twix guy. Gotcha, you're fucking leftist. <laughs> Goddamn <laughs> fucking lib. <laughs> Let me guess: the left hand Twix has the health care, and there's no guns <laughs> on that side of the factory. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the more peaceful side of the factory. What that left that? that left Twix just called me a fascist. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's not afraid to cancel you if you don't agree with it. So that's yeah, that's, that's that's the title of the episode, by the way. Left left Twix fascism. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, my friend who only eats left Twix basically told me he's in he's in Antifa now. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your left Twix, and by the way, here's your black ski mask and your spray paint. Enjoy yourself. <laughs> imagine, like, I imagine, like, a fucking MAGA guy eating a Twix bar. He eats the right one. He's, like, just, like, just enjoying it. And then the left one, he, like, screaming Throws at it. it away. Calls it, calls it Antifa, you fucking scum. <laughs> I, I see this turning into a commercial that they're going to make. <laughs> Like they're they're both eating out of the same bag and they just fall into like there's one last one and it's like I don't know some special edition patriotic one so it's got it's a the lot Q-Anon of like, Twix bar. Did you, did, you, <laughs> did you ever see that Kendall Jenner uh, Pepsi commercial? I was just she... thinking of this. Okay, it's gonna be it's gonna be a MAGA guy and an Antifa person and they're gonna share Twix and then they're gonna take the left and right Twix. Should we set the scene? This is actually when. Um... The QAnon army invades Disney World, and they're at and they're at the fucking gates, and all you see is Kendall Jenner just walk out, and she just like gives like breaking of the bread 
<laughs> she walks across the pond. Like Jesus in the of- Last Supper, and she's just giving Twix to people. I can't wait till my grandchildren learn of the Disney Wars of the 2030s. It's McGraw Hill's gonna make a fuck ton of money off of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be the most ridiculous textbooks 20 years from now. Yeah, some really stupid shit happened in like the 2010s and 2020s. Like, anyway, like we're gonna move on to like the Third World War. We're, we're gonna find out that it was all due to like lead exposure and like. <laughs> Turns the out le- these people ate fucking styrofoam all the time. <laughs> That's that's once once we've like we're long gone like aliens come down to Earth and they're like looking through our fossil remains they're like yeah they they love to eat plastic we find out that it was a a global conspiracy that like anytime you ate uh what's that shit called you get like a fair like cotton candy anytime you eat cotton candy it's actually like fucking the shit you put in your fucking insulation hold on yeah. It it really does have the same makeup. It's the same on. quality, yeah, exactly. But but hold on, has anyone ever actually eaten cotton candy? Because the minute it goes into your mouth, it disappears. It's just yeah. sugar. Yeah, yeah it, it's just yeah, it's just sugar. Uh, it, I used to eat it when I was a kid, it. but yeah, but like you put it in there, but it doesn't. It it instantly dissolves. I hated yeah. it the way it made my teeth feel afterwards. Oh, like you can feel them like vibrating almost. Yeah. yeah. Fucking cheesed out of your mind. <laughs> an entire Domino like sugar bag. I feel like it couldn't be healthy to actually be the person that makes the fucking cotton candy. Like being in front of that machine, you're probably inhaling fucking particles of sugar it, all day it's, it's got to destroy basi- your lungs it's basically like working in a textile factory except you're inhaling fucking like micro particles of cotton candy you can aspirate along that way for sure if you're going got to the a- old cotton lung <laughs> <laughs> i just remember oh god does she but have if- factory young factory lung pa Nah, it's worse it's it's cotton candy cotton- lung it's cotton, cotton candy lung, lung. See, that's why you go work at the funnel cake place. Ooh, yikes. Oh, man. I don't know about that, dude. Your hands are just like, you look like you have the hands of, like, the Crypt Keeper. Kill me. They're just burnt from all the oils. All the oils spatter. Yeah. You look like fucking, you look like Two-Face because the oils on the left-hand side are you, so it just spatters you on that one side. And then the other side, Tony Montana with the powdered sugar all over your face. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, funnel cake fucking rips though. I'll tell you what, I had a fried Oreo one time. Oh. That's good to a certain extent. It's it's overkill. And then your heart hurts. Yeah. Like a lot. You're you you start sweating like Tony Soprano in season five. Oh yeah. It's um it's an interesting experience for the first like 17 seconds, and then you just feel like dog shit afterwards. Yeah. Like, it's overkill. If there's got to be one, like, though, really American thing to do, it's deep fry everything. No, fried butter is a thing. Yeah. Fried butter, fried water. They There's, there's like, whole, I don't know what you fried, call it. Fried water. <laughs> they'll have, like, they'll have fried conventions, like, where everyone's just frying everything. Like, Hold on, hold on, Tom. Fried butter. So please tell me they're taking that fried butter and they're putting it on something. They're not eating a stick of butter. Nope. No. They're eating a stick of butter. Yep. I don't want to live in this fucking place anymore. <laughs> my wife told me about it. She's like, they take a... F- my wife. My wife. <laughs> my wife. 
she told me they take like a um like a frozen stick of butter and then they deep fry it or they Ew. batter it and they, they deep fry it. That's disgusting. Is it though? I mean yes. butter on it butter <laughs> yes, on its it own. Is. <laughs> I, I would agree. Butter on its own is not exactly a, a thing that I'm reaching for when I'm like, man, I got a hankering for something. Let me eat a stick of butter. But butter on things is dynamite yeah like fucking movie theater popcorn like which is not real butter <laughs> no but i'm well but i'm saying but if, you put, if you put real butter on it but yeah yeah, yeah. i want to put that shit on my body it's so amazing he's just dousing himself in butter and they're like sir are you okay he goes yeah yeah just you know getting ready for the night you know what i know what i mean so this is we what a nervous what breakdown mean, looks Please like. Please leave now. Please leave. <laughs> I just remember when I was a kid, though, we go to the movie theater, and you know, you could just get popcorn. Boom, that's it. And then, like, like the butter thing came, where they would put it on for you, and then they empowered you to be able to put your own butter on there, <laughs> just basically giving somebody like uh, an assault rifle. And now saw, there's all these other toppings and shit. They're like, oh, yeah, you can put anything you want on here now. I'm like, this is way too much. Some control. people put candy on their popcorn. And I'm like, that just doesn't. I guess salty sweet. But Some I people saw. People don't realize with great power comes great fucking responsibility, though. Like, I saw a video of someone's like, this is how you properly butter your popcorn at a movie theater. And they put like a straw into the middle of the popcorn and then like put like. So basically, like the butter ran through the straw, and then like, and I'm like, just fucking put some butter on it, and like move on, like, and like it was like, like a whole minute of that butter machine going, and I'm like, gross. It's gonna leak out the bottom of it. It's gonna get everywhere, and it's like, ugh. The so weird basically... shit people do for likes and fucking right. <laughs> I, I hope I hope that person just was like, all right, you're done recording throws that thing right out well i hope not because it was probably like 16 dollars to yeah, buy they got a second mortgage so if i understand this correctly that individual basically created a science fair volcano of yeah. butter and popcorn it's a it's a it's, well it's, i would think of it more of like uh like piping Almost. for butter I was, like, I was gonna okay. say it's it's like they hydrofracted. They yeah, hydrofracted. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They used that was one hundred percent fracking. A butter aqueduct, if you will. Oh my goodness! Wow. Tom, we didn't uh, we didn't get your. Yeah, I, I will say yeah, though, um, you you both had very good selections. Um, I also want to add to whoever decided to make the fun size Twix should also be beaten with an inch of their life evil, too. Evil again, person. not nearly enough. We don't need a middle. We don't need a middle cookie. Okay, we have a left and right. We don't need a center. We this need, we need extra, argument. We need like grotesquely extra long versions instead. Yeah, That's what we vain, really need. Vain. Like I need, I need like a two foot fucking a meter stick of stickers. You know what I mean? Kind of like a, kind of like the Kit Kat. They have a big cat. Yeah, and it's like, a, like it's like double the size. Like you know, break me off a piece of that motherfucker. Yeah, I would have to say, and I would agree with you. I would agree with both of you. But when I was in college, I started to really enjoy Reese's Fast Breaks. Hmm. I was actually right. gonna say you seem like a nutrageous individual. So 
Yeah. I don't know if that comes up in my psychology makeup, but uh <laughs> I don't know if they make them anymore, but like they did when I was younger. Reese's sticks, which is basically like oh, a yeah. Reese's um it's I don't even know what I would compare it to. It's like a it's like a wafer type I, thing. I think I've seen that before, and honestly, I think they still make them. I would be curious though. Don't tell me that because <laughs> I would be curious though. Because every once in a while, I'll get a credit like, card just for those. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go fucking take out a bank loan. Yeah, get get your airline miles though if you're gonna get a credit card. <laughs> yeah, there we go, exactly. <laughs> um, they every once in a while I see like the ultra sized like Reese's peanut butter cups, and I'm waiting for the day where something horrible happens in my life and I can give myself the excuse to go get one. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so Reese's Fast Break, which one is that? I don't know. Which so one it is. it's a Reese's peanut butter cup. It has the filling of a Reese's peanut butter cup, nougat in there, and there's like a handful of other things as well. It doesn't have the crunch that it's. Oh, does it have the pretzel in it? No. Oh, which one is that? I think they also, I think there's That's also like a Fast Break. It's like a, like, it's like. Ah. I, you know what I really like about the Fast Break is that. It's it's kind of also got like it's softer, yeah, and um, it it yeah like the caramel or whatever. What what's that other stuff in the inside? Nougat. The, like the nougat is like is is a little less chewy, so it doesn't like cake up on your teeth, which sometimes you're not you're not into. You know you don't. Yeah, want that. it's milk, so, chocolate, nougat, okay. and peanut butter. Peanut oh, that, product. Peanut product. That sounds sounds uh peanut product. Like, being a product so i have a controversial second and i actually want to know what you guys think of this one if you say three musketeers you should walk i was gonna fucking that three musketeers oh, what a fucking weirdo fucking pure, pure nougat okay so wait which one's better than three musketeers or milky way because oh, i feel like that's dissecting that's dissecting like the heart of the snickers right milky milky ways milky ways suck i enjoy a milky way I do too, from occasion, and I got the dark chocolate ones. The dark chocolate ones don't fuck with me like that. (laughs) I get down with them. So what? So what is your problem with uh, Three Musketeers, Tom? There's just nothing there. Have you put it in the freezer? Not everything needs to be resorted to (laughs) fridge. (laughs) But if it's like ice cold, it's fucking amazing. I feel like the way we should be looking at. chocolate bars is the same way that we look at like what's the difference between a beer a mixed drink and like a a drink out of necessity that's a slippery slope because all of those are better when they're in the fridge (laughs) yeah (laughs) nobody wants a fucking hot gin and tonic (laughs) no (laughs) so let's like let's look at it this way like a, a classic hershey's bar is like a beer and like Snickers is a cocktail. Mm. I feel like though, uh, Three Musketeers is a beverage out of necessity, like vodka and Powerade. It's like a Bloody Mary. <laughs> no, because there's more ingredients to that though. But if you're like, oh, I, you know, here I'll make this like vodka and okay, Pepsi. but it gets you drunk though, right? So what's your problem? There's no problem per se. It's just you could do better. Well, I will say I, I, I will say Three Musketeers is not the thing that I'm going into the aisle and saying like this is what I'm coming for. And I would argue that many people are also not doing that either. 
under under the under the model though that like a bar could be a different type of cocktail there is definitely a different type of drunk that you get from indulging in one versus the other true the after effect is significant so at some point (laughs) like i'm I'm all hung over on fucking three musketeer bars (laughs) hey boss i can't come into work today well you would drink it again no i i bought like a 12 pack of like hershey's peanut butter cups and i'm (laughs) (laughs) like yeah man just you know just track the receipts when you go to urgent care (laughs) you'll be fine (laughs) They're they're just cutting off my little toe. It's fine. It's cool. I will say, hmm. um, if we can use the second mount second mouse podcast purchasing card, there is a eighteen pack of Reese's fast breaks on um, Amazon that I would like to purchase. Oh boy! Now <laughs> <laughs> he's like two day shipping. He'll be here. Fucking book it. <laughs> I feel like I feel like if you get those shipped to you, they're going to be a melted mess by the time yep. they get there. Oh, a hundred percent. I don't know why you would do this. Yeah, you should. You should actually ask that they put the the box like up on its side so that they just drip down and condense into like a ball at the bottom of the wrapper. I was just going to put Ooh. in. A, I was just going to put a special request in that they just unwrap them and put them in the box together so it can <laughs> congeal. They just blend them all up and they just be- hand you the blended the blended cup yeah. and you just drink it right in front of them. <laughs> and smash the pitcher on the side of your house. <laughs> yes. We could also get a uh, giant pack of sweet tarts if we hate ourselves. We would really have to hate ourselves. See, I don't, I don't, yeah, let's do this. Okay, wanna... so we did favorite type of can- like chocolate bar. What's your favorite like non-chocolate candy? Mm. I already know mine. Sour Patch Kids, man. Come on. Yeah, those are pretty hard to argue with. Got it, what mine. you got? Um, that's not, uh, you know... Part of me wants to lean towards, um, like Swedish fish. Those are those are good. Which, but the only the red ones though. No, so, multicolor. And that's the funny thing is, there was this one place we used to go to all the time. Um, right near the post office on. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh the the candy place there, right? Yeah, there was a candy place right there. That's it. Willy Wonka's fucking chocolate <laughs> fucking house. I could just imagine you nerds walking out of your fucking football practice and jumping in a car. There's like six of you singing, "We gotta go to the chick. <laughs> No, we used to we used to have to sing that like to get pumped up before games. The guy, the guy, the guy at the candy store used to like throw candy at us. Like the guy in the beginning, the candy man can. He just started singing. Except in reality, it's you guys just like ransacking this fucking store. Yeah. He's yeah. like, he's, he's ducking for like, covers. Like, after his... I snap, after I snap out of my my uh, three musketeers induced fever dream, <laughs> I, w- I find out that I was not in a Willy Wonka movie. That I was indeed robbing the candy store. <laughs> it's like, Q, dude, like he almost shot you. <laughs> The police report says he kept saying that. (laughs) You were pouring the slushy into your hand and putting it in your pocket. (laughs) You did it like six times. Thank God you're wearing cargo shorts today. (laughs) Oh, my God. 
You know, I know that um, Skittles is currently being sued right now, but I'm going to roll with Skittles. Oh, man. Actually, would M&M's count? No, it's chocolate. Okay, I'm going to give give me Skittles then. Are the, So if we had to break candy down, is it just there's two there's two categories, chocolate, non-chocolate? Well, I, I mean, that's that's typically – that's typ- there's, there's a more gummy candy and then there's the, like, chocolate. I can't really think of anything else. Cause, well, Because then we could break down non-chocolates into soft gummy-type candies and we could also say then, like, hard candy. Yeah, oh, where right. does rock candy fall in this? <laughs> you know what? Those jawbreakers, though, were gas, though. Yeah, they were, they were badass. Warheads oh, back oh, in the day. Ooh, oh, those, those, yeah. That was fucking currency in school. Like, you could, like, if you had a bag of, of warheads, you were, like, wheeling and dealing. I was the fucking Elon Musk of that school. If you yeah. had a bunch of black cherry ones, you might as well have been wearing, like, a leather jacket. The oh, blue yeah. ra- if you had the blue, blue rags or the black cherry... Yeah, you were fucking. You were somebody, man. They were all the with those lemons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always got the fucking like watermelon, um, airheads. Airheads. Yeah. yeah. You used yeah, to do yeah. with them is you used to take the package and you used to like, like kind of like smack it, and it eventually it would turn into like a tiny little piece, but it was like a thick airhead. I used to do that all the time. What about big league chew? Yeah. It basically you know what you- looked like chewing tobacco too. <laughs> like, like talk fucking... about building some bad beha- bad habits for kids. Oh, like that's most likely what probably started dipping. <laughs> Philip Morris definitely came up with that. Yeah, hundred percent. You grab that little piece, you put it in. Put I, in I your have cheek. I have to say that that gum is the only gum that actually will just break down in your mouth eventually. Like if you're chewing it, like yeah. it just disintegrates into nothing at some point. <laughs> I will say my favorite gum of one of my childhood was definitely like, uh, was it fruit by the, f- no, uh, what was the bubblicious, the gum that came in like the bu- bubble tape. Was that what it was? The oh tape. man, that, that thing was like pure, like it was like coated in sugar too. The it grape, was yeah. the grape one. The grape yeah. was actually lay off me. One. I'm starving. That was great. <laughs> See, like I never got into the can like the candy gum thing because, like, to me, like gum was always like just like more of like, oh my, I want my breath to smell good. I never got the like the sugar. But I used to love those candy cigarettes though because I thought I was I thought I was fucking epic walking around <laughs> <with> fucking. <laughs> Can we still buy look at that 12 year old over there pretending to yeah. cigarettes? Mind you, it's like a it's like a fucking piece of it looked more like chalk than it did like a cigarette. Hey kid, stop eating that chalk. It's not good there was, for you. There was one type of candy cigarette that I remember to this day. It looked more like a cigarette. It was wrapped in paper, and I think it had like sugar in it. So if you puffed it out, it would blow sugar oh, out. I remember dangerous. Yeah. And then I never found them again. Like, they must have been banned. All I could find was like the chalky ones. I do well, remember right. those because somebody had one in class in sixth grade, and I was like, "Holy shit, she's smoking a cigarette!" <laughs> Dude, how fucking crazy we, is that though? That like we all wanted to just smoke. We can get a one hundred and forty-nine pound. Oh, I'm sorry, a twenty-six pound edible gummy party python. For 149 bucks. Okay. 
Um, this comes to the, the, the fundraiser side of the podcast. Um, we have a um, P.O. box now. You can send us money. We need you to send fans, our donations. Fans, if, if you pay for this, Tom will eat the entire thing yes. in one yes. shot and we'll film, we'll film it. The whole thing. Yeah, but we will have to be watch. We will have to watch Home Alone 6. Oh. While I'm doing it, and we have to be drinking heavily. Oh, I was gonna say we would have a reaction, like we would have an episode as just a reaction video of you. That's fine. It. That's fine. Yeah. When you said there was a bold. Home Alone six, I was like flabbergasted. It's terrible. What happened here? Like, ha- what's the premise of Home I re- Alone? I remember. Six? Th- so there's the the one two, and I remember there being a third one. Dude, he's a teenager in it. No, but it's no, not it's, Macaul- it's it's not Macaulay Culkin. He's only in one oh. and two. So oh. number six is effectively like the war on like working class people. Oh god. So what happens is um the 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 woman who's in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt's in it for some reason, because I guess she's broke. Oh El- Ellie Camper. Camper. Yeah. Um and then So is Tina Thomas Thompson. And Chris yeah. Parnell, a lot. and Timothy Simons, and Pete Holmes, Andy Daly. Holy shit. Why haven't I watched this? Because it's fucking horrible. And for some reason, um, uh, Rob Delaney is also in it as well. So oh, yeah. <laughs> Delaney and Elliot Kemper are like down on their luck parents who need to like either sell their home or find a way to make some money. And what ends up happening is the child – it's suspected that he stole this like MacGuffin that they need to get. And what ends up happening is, is basically it's, Hey, these people who are on hard times are being basically like accosted by this young child and tortured brutally. And for me, it's like the reason why one and two worked so well is because Harry and Marv were actually criminals and they were like, they were funny, but they were also nefarious individuals. These two people are actually like trying to keep their family together and trying to feed their family. And like, why the fuck would you make them the villains of this movie? Home Alone Six, written by Jeff Bezos. Probably, yeah. I I would not be shocked if this child's father is in fact Jeff Bezos. It has a fifteen percent approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes, three point seven out of ten. The site's critical consensus reads, nobody's home. Wow. Canceled. I, I actually want to watch this, though, now. We can, we can certainly watch it. I'm down to watch is it. it. It's is just it Christmas be sad. themed? Yeah, of course it is. It's Christmas themed. Yeah. Should, should we wait till, like... Well, should we wait till December 26th? Because that's... Um, that's our um, our holiday special that we're gonna have. We're having a holiday special. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, I was just gonna get drunk on fucking whiskey and eggnog and light some Yule logs in someone's backyard. It's Jared Leto's birthday. The, ho- the holiday special. Jared is Leto's gonna, birthday. <laughs> the holiday is just gonna, the holiday special is just gonna be Tom getting drunk on eggnog and yelling at us. Well. I, I figure we can do the holiday special on December 26th because it's Jared Leto's birthday. Big fan of the pod. And we all dress up as a character from Jared Leto's films. 
yeah, we could. Oh, oh it's a oh, me. Little boo. A little moose. And we it's can have four colors. we can have people on the show, but they have to dress up like Jared Leto. And oh, we God. we conduct interviews with these people in character. God. <laughs> Tom, you're going to be Morbius? No, I want to be uh, Paul Allen from American that's Psych. Easy. That's, that's too easy, though. Well, technically, so is Morbius. <laughs> Jared Leto just played his fucking self. Well, you got to you gotta do, like, the face paint. You got to look like the vampire. Okay, so I won't, like, get my hair cut and just grow my facial hair out. And, like, it's Morbius time. I think you need to be uh, Rayon. It's, it's from Morbin Dallas time, you mean? I gotta be honest. I think you would be a better Rayon. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> we need to find somebody who's willing to be Jared Leto's iteration of the Joker. Oh, God. But they actually have to get all the tattoos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we will be checking. <laughs> all right, let's take a look. What do you got here? Come or on. you could be Jared Leto's character from Fight Club after the fight. Angel face? And just have somebody beat the piss out of you. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do Jared Leto from Lord of War, and I'm just going to do a bunch of drugs. I mean, you could also do that from Panic, Brown Brown. Uh, Panic Room, um, Dallas Buyers Club, uh, House of Gucci. Um, <laughs> oh, it's me. What other movie was he in where that was a thing? Um, so Requiem, for a, Requiem, Requiem for a Dream. So <laughs> just do a bunch of heroin. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, I'm on the show now. <laughs> Did we ever talk about him at the gala? No, no. Jared Jared Leto brought his own head to the Met Gala. I would assume so. No, no you have to look at this shit. <laughs> He's such a weird fuck. Oh, uh, wait, hold on. Let me see if I can oh, copy Oh, God. This. No, see I see it? it now. Now I, yeah, see, I see it. Yeah, I see it. Yeah, I see it. Oh, my God. <laughs> so weird. What First is he? Off, he, looks like, he looks like Count Dracula got bit by the same spider that Spider-Man did. This was 2019. That's okay. But, That's I thought it was this year. But why, though? Because he's fucking weird. Well, doesn't that thing always have a theme? Yeah, it was Roaring Twenties this year, which is uh, on brand for... Yeah, real real fucking good idea. What was the theme of the 2019 gala? Look stupid. My therapist is going to love this. No, that was the theme. The, 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 theme, the theme was Nightmare on Elm Street. Jared Leto <laughs> channels Gucci Jesus on 2018 Met Gala Red Carpet. <laughs> That's exactly how to explain it. <laughs> I couldn't say I, it better myself. I am convinced that AI is not quite there yet. <laughs> he's he's definitely killed people before, right? In the same way that like Charlie Manson has killed people. The so. the theme was camp. I don't know what that means. Like, I guess campy. No, I don't think it means that. Mechella should not exist. It should not a be show a is camp notes on fashion, a nod to Susan Sontag's famous essay on aesthetic. She described, quote, love of the unnatural, of artifice, and exaggeration. He's such a weird fuck. 
I'm still waiting to hear about this like cult that he had. Do you ever see the Jared Leto cult? I want to. I want to be part of it. I think <laughs> we are part of it. <laughs> they they're all wearing like white like linen fucking. If I'm getting this right, he ran like one of those like intense three day retreats. Yeah, I I don't I don't know. Like it's weird though because it looks like Midsommar. Everyone was dressed in all, or no, he was dressed in all white. Encouraged attendees to get matching tattoos. <laughs> He's killed people for sure. Well, his band's mo- running motto is "Yes, this is a cult." So. Oh yeah, he's in a band. Forgot about that. Is he still in a band? It's uh thirty second thirty seconds to Mars, right? Yeah. Is it still together? Are they still making songs? Uh, I don't know what else. Yes, this yeah. Jared has admitted himself that it's a cult, saying, quote, Yes, this is a cult. Hashtag Mars Island. On his band 30 Seconds to Mars Twitter page, where uh, fans, okay. followers can congregate. So here's the official description of Mars Island. Mars Island is a three-night, all-inclusive festival experience. Relax and receive yoga amongst the trees. Take a dip in the pool. Catch a midnight screening. Or gaze at the stars and catch two intimate performances with 30 Seconds to Mars. Mars Islands is an experience like no other. That was a cult. 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 That's sure. a cult. You know, I couldn't define what a cult is, but when I see one, I know I'm looking yeah. at one. Yeah. Creepy. So, Tom, you were quite upset this weekend. Is everything okay? I had COVID this weekend. Did you really? Yeah. I didn't even know that. I texted you guys that and said it. Gatto, did you see that? We had a full-blown conversation about it. (laughs) I don't remember this. I I feel unloved. I'm I'm, my brain. I'm telling you, dude. I fucking. I like have been forgetting a lot of shit lately. We talked about Bolsonaro getting COVID for the sixth time, probably. When did we talk about this? I had tested positive on Wednesday. Was this, like, after the soccer game you went to? Yeah. I don't... When did you tell us this? I don't know. Like, I don't remember this at all. It was Wednesday. I'm gonna look for it. Yeah, Gato, please... Because, like, I'm starting to worry about my fucking mental well-being here. Because I, I can't recall that at all. And I definitely would have. I feel so I, unloved. Tom, I'm not seeing it, dude. You didn't tell us you had COVID. I don't know who I told then. What's I'm going to say, Mike, I would have definitely remembered you had COVID. Okay, so I had it this week, and that sucked. Ooh. I made it two and a half years without it. But that How do you I feel? Did. You just had to go to your fucking soccer game. I had to. Um, worth no, it. I mean, I'm I'm coming out of it now. I feel better. My voice is still a little fucked, though. I went for a jog today, and I thought that was going to be a big problem. But I did, like, I cut, like, half of the yard on 
Saturday and I was completely wiped. Yeah, that's the the hardest part is the energy levels. I noticed that was the hardest part. Like I just felt tired all the time. I don't know. The hardest part for me was like staying in my home. It was so boring, dude. I was going nuts, man. After a while, I was going crazy. Yeah, it wasn't enjoyable, but it's how was Emily? She's fine. She She had she she had no, but she had it long before I did. So vaccines work though yeah That's but what i think what you were alluding to q was the red sox yankees series that happened this weekend and i am more frustrated at what the product that the red sox put out on the field and quite frankly i feel like this has been a rough like three weeks for the red sox because michael waka injured nathan Evaldi injured um garrett whitlock injured um, Kike Hernandez injured and one other pitcher in there as well. So basically what happened was, and Nick Pavetta pitched like shit. So fucking Chris sale, Chris sale breaks his finger. Like the first inning of his second start of the year after basically being hurt for, you know, all the entire first half. And I'm hoping that the Red Sox do something, like trade for somebody or fuck at least do this sign the guys that you already have on the fucking team like Rafael Devers and Sander Bogarts like that's the thing that's more upsetting for me is that you have two guys that are going to walk in free agency and they have not had any conversation with them and they will and they will because once if they don't sign one of them after Mookie Betts has left, then it's basically sending a message that this team is not going to hold on to superstars. Especially Devers. Devers is a fucking Yankee killer. Yeah. I love tuning in to watch Garrett Cole spin around and be all pissy about it. Well, he did strike him out a bunch of times the other day. Yeah, but he's also got six home runs off of him. So I mean, so the Yankees scored 27 runs in two games. Mm-hmm. Against the Rise 27 to 3, which by the way has a uh, historical context for the Patriots and the Falcons, too. So, is that a good sign for you or for them? Actually, uh, probably a bad sign for us because the Falcons ended up losing that game. Um, yeah, I, I, it it was, uh, it was kind of crazy to see like that, that game on, uh, that was Saturday. It, It just felt like it was nonstop just bludgeoning. Uh, the Red Sox, and like apparently the Yankees are in on uh, Soto. So I wanted to ask about that. Why? Why not? I feel like that's just getting one more piece of the same thing that they already have. No, Soto. Soto is a good fielder, and like he's more than just a power hitter. I know that, but. You have to then figure out, like, how are you going to – what can you trade to make that work? Well, it would be Anthony Volpe, who's their, like, star shortstop, shortstop in, in the minors, who's very close to taking over um, as the starting uh, shortstop. And then it would probably be a package of, like, their best pitchers. And it would be, like, probably six or seven players. Um, they they could get it done, and the way that they work their farm system, I'm not too worried about it being replenished. 
By the way, the guy they drafted last night in the first round, Spencer Jones, kid out of Vanderbilt, he's like an Aaron Judge clone. He's 6'7", 230, and he's a, he's a, he's a lefty power hitter. And he played at Vanderbilt, too, so that's a good sign. The very good sign. Yeah, it's one of the best baseball schools. So he's uh, he, he looks like he's going to be a player. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not – I mean, I would love – like, Soto, to me, he's 23 years old and one of the best players in baseball. You make it work, like, any which way. And, like, honestly, I think, what, he plays center field, right? He plays right field. He plays right field. So Judge has been – playing a lot of center field anyway and he's been talking about wanting to take over full time so you could do a Giancarlo Soto and Judge outfield which would be probably the best outfield in baseball or would it be it probably wouldn't be Stanton it'd probably be Hicks Hicks left Judge center right Soto right yeah, and well, I mean, Stanton, if if like, yeah, I, I guess with the permanent DH they can just keep Stanton kind of you know off uh, out of the field. Um, well, my question is, what do you do with Joey Gallo and then Aaron Hicks? Oh man, well, yeah, what would you do with Joey Gallo? I mean, well, poor guy. I mean, how the fuck do you trade him though? That's the thing. You know, you 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 designate him for assignment. You move on. <laughs> I mean, you kill him. Yeah, <laughs> what you saying? You take him outside <laughs> and you fucking you take him outside and shoot him. You uh, stab him in the face with the soldering iron. <laughs> <I'm> talking <laughs> to my man all, all three ways to go. <laughs> it's the wrong tone. <laughs> wrong tone. I want to point out something though for you, and I know what you're already going to say to it, but just this is this is this is pretty amazing though. The Yankees' current record is 52 and 18. Uh, well, so through through 70 games, their record was 52 and uh, 17. All time, that is technically the third best record all time because it's tech it's seven, but it, a bunch of teams have 53. The best team of all time through 70 games was the New York Giants in 1912, 56 and 14. Uh, and then there was like the like a couple of Yankee teams, like the Mariners in 2001, that had 53. Yankees had 52 wins. So all times, third best record in baseball history. And I think you're gonna you're gonna know what I'm gonna say after yeah. this, right? How many of those teams won championships? So, so there, so there are one, two, three, five teams that won fifty-three games. Okay, right? let's let's take out the teams that were playing before JFK was killed. <laughs> before J, well, then there's only one team because it's the Mariners in two thousand one. Um, but they, but mind you, they they were better then they were be- so they so they're tied right so 52 and 18 two other teams did that the 1984 tigers won the world series and the philadelphia athletics 1913 won the world series but this is a better record than when they won 114 games in 98 and won the world series yeah so Here's the thing that I'm thinking right now because I'm gonna take my fandom away from this right now. That team okay. is really, that team's really fucking good. Like yeah. they are filthy. The problem that I think they have right now is, are they going, are they going to play a competitive game in September? So they're gonna they're gonna try and get all these guys healthy and they're gonna try and get them off their feet. My concern is what happens when, like, it gets cold and you have guys that have been brittle in the past and 
I will say this. I know that Soto is the big, like, the big apple that everybody wants. If I were the Yankees, I would not even... I would I, go after Luis Castillo. I was I knew I I knew you were going to say that and I I actually do kind of agree with you on that. I would get another pitcher and then go find another like lockdown reliever because all the guys that they have right now are good but they're untested. And I think that's the thing that tripped them up last year in the wild card game against the Red Sox is they had unproven guys trying to shut games down and whatever the fuck Aroldis Chapman is now like ugh, like Clay, Clay Holmes is the closer at this point. The one thing I will point out, though, you, you do make a good point. Um, I do think that they do need to show up um, at the more crucial times. But I will like I think we forget how many injuries they suffered last year. It was nonstop. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Judge missed a good portion of the season. Star- Stanton missed a good portion of the season. Torres, um, Severino going down with Tommy John. You know, I mean, they just—it was non. Aaron Hicks was not there. No, for the most uh, part, no. DJ, uh, I think more importantly, DJ LeMahieu was hurt for basically the entire year. Mm-hmm. Um, and whatever Gary Sanchez again is was like doing something behind home plate, right? <laughs> so, and I and that's another thing I wonder too. And again, I'm not trying to be like the bitter Red Sox fan, but like. It seems, and I don't it wish ill will on people, it seems like those things are just waiting to happen. Well, that's that will be the only thing. I think I'm not too worried about September. I'm not too worried about how they're going to perform. Judge has been around enough, and Stan has been around enough. Their heavy hitters are veterans enough that I think that they can handle the big moments and judge has been really good in like crucial spots, like bottom of the ninth and all that. Mm -hmm. So I think they're ready for that. I think the only thing that can take this team down is the injuries. Yeah. I mean, their infield, their, their defense is really good too, which I think is helpful. Sands the, well, getting, getting towards back to second base was just smart. Yeah. But I think that both Josh Donaldson and Anthony Rizzo need to have like a, a conversation with somebody like guys who brought you in, like you're playing good D, but the two thirty averages are not going to be helpful when you need it. Like, because you know what happens when you're down a run in a game five and like, they get on, the, they get on it, base a decent amount though. They do. But at a certain point you do need to hit and they brought those guys into hit. They didn't get them to walk. Well, I mean, if you look historically, though, the laws of averages will tell you that they're they're probably due to start hitting pretty well. It is July, though. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the first half of the season. Yeah, I mean, I like Anthony Rizzo. I'm not as high on Josh Donaldson because I think he's kind of a psychopath. But his his defense is amazing, though. Yeah, he's filthy defensively, and it was funny. Like five years ago, everyone thought that he was going to be done because he gets shoulder surgery, and he's come back and. He's still great. nasty. So I'm curious to see what the next like two weeks hold, whether what direction they go in. Do they go for the big splashy player or do they go with one that, you know, Luis Castillo is a guy that they can control for a long time. And, you know, you've got, you've got guys who can hit home runs in the minor leagues. You can always sign um, Juan Soto in the off season at some point. 
finding a reliable 200 inning, 200 innings, 200 strikeouts a year guy is not as easy as some people think it is. Yeah, I'm I'm more in the Castillo camp. I think because especially because Severino's been still dealing with some injury stuff. So getting Cole and having because like when when it comes when the playoffs come anyway, it's three man rotation. So yeah, but I mean if you have if you have let's say it's Cole Cortez Castillo, yeah, that's filthy, pretty good. Yeah, and then you can get Severino for like one or two innings, a couple of games of a series, and. Jordan Montgomery can be a, a reliable guy out of the bullpen to help, or he could be a spot starter if you need a lefty. Yep. I agree. And that's your baseball coverage. <laughs> Heimblum, please sign one of those fucking guys. I hope you guys don't. Cause I when you guys traded Mookie bets, I was I was so happy. I was like, because like it just seemed like you guys were signaling that. It's time to start, you know, bargain, bargain hunting. And it's like, and I don't know why the, the team is like so fixated on getting under the salary cap. It's just the luxury tax. I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense. Like you're a fucking major league franchise. Like you're not the Marlins. You're not the Rockies. Like you can base You can afford to do this shit. I think yep. the problem is though, is that Fenway sports group is just too, they see fucking shiny shit everywhere and they want to go for it. Yep. They want to buy the penguins. They want to buy like a race team. They want to, they have a soccer club now in Europe. Like guys, your butter, your bread is fucking buttered in major league baseball. Like don't fuck this up. Yeah. The Red Sox are an institution and like to see them like basically like, especially like Devers and Bogarts. I mean, if you're going to let them walk, then like you're you you're basically left with nothing. Yeah. And that's the concerning part. And like I, I listened to a podcast and they were talking about Jeter Downs, who is the prospect that they have, who they got I fucking hate that so much. They got him for Mookie Betts. And one of the guys is like, I think that Jeter Downs' place on this team next year is going to be at second base with Trevor Story playing short. Because <laughs> if they haven't re-signed Xander Bogarts right now, they're not going to do it. Yikes. That's that's a big yikes. I mean, look, Jeter Downs has been really fucking good. And he's young. He's and... been fine. He's been fine comparative to like the other they the problem their problem is they have too many of those utility infielder guys. Like mm. they don't have utility outfielders because they make Christian Arroyo play in right field, and that's a fucking adventure every time he does that. And they have too many like big dudes who can't hit Franchi Cordero and Bobby Dahlbeck, who I don't know why Bob, Bobby Dahlbeck is terrible. He's so fucking bad. He, I, what would be a Yankee comparison to him? Um, you might have well, to go back. You might have to go back pretty far though. Chad Curtis. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Cause like, yeah, just thinking of like useful out, like useless outfielders who can't hit. I was thinking of Greg bird. Greg Bird's a perfect example. Well, Greg Bird had potential. He was he looked like a fucking 270, 30 homer and 95 RBI guy. Just like every single time he'd trip over like a fucking piece of carpet and fracture his foot. If I told you that Bobby Dahlbeck hit 25 home runs last year, would you believe me? No. 
He did. <laughs> did he hit fucking 205 while doing it? He hit like 220. That's but, even not bad for him. Yeah, but he doesn't walk. That's the problem, though. No, oh, so he's his on-base percentage sucks. Yeah, he's ass. So um, he is going to be somebody who's going to be replaced because their number one batting prospect is going to be up at some point, and he'll take the job. Hmm. Well, I mean, they they they've done a really good like I mean like was Bogarts is a homegrown guy, right? Bogarts, Devers, um, Dahlbeck, Vasquez was Betts too. Yep. So you guys have done a good job at re- like churning them out and replacing them, but it's just like, how many times are you gonna do that and get like is it luck? You know, you're bound to run into a bad prospect once in a while. So it's well, they did just, that under the Dave Dombrowski era where they basically traded all their talent away. They grant they got a World Series out of it, granted, in 2018, but at the same time, like they had nothing and pitching prospects for the Red Sox has been something that's been really hard for them to come by recently. So bring Theo back. No, no, I think, I, I think Heim Bloom is a good pick for that team. He's brought in some interesting players. Like Michael Waka has been a refreshing guy. Um, Michael Waka. He's pitched really, really well. I like Evaldi too. I like him when he was on the Yankees. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a talented pitcher as well. And he's also, um, Bloom's also brought in Kike Hernandez, who was big for them in the playoffs last year. Yep. He's drafted really well. I think the problem is, is that he needs to be empowered by ownership to, to spend some money. Yeah. And I don't know if the, I don't know if Henry wants, John Henry wants to do that, which it's is like really John fun. Henry all of a sudden, like taking cues from the fucking will ponds back in the day this whole obsession with shedding money was just like so stupid like guys just you're a fucking billionaire pay it like yeah yeah it just it it boggles my mind because like every year it was like yankees dodgers red sox Mm -hmm. as like top three teams so like you just it's how you survive in baseball you have to spend yeah and i i think that's you know i think baseball and American sports, like you can spend money and you'll be okay. Like the the ticket sales at the door are going to be basically what puts you in the black every year. Red Sox are, they have their own network. They have TV deals with people like they, they make money. And to say like, we we're running out and we need to get under this arbitrary set, like luxury tax, because we just want to be good stewards of our money is like, you gave fucking Pablo Sandoval like $150 million. Don't tell me you want to be a good fucking steward of your money. Pablo Sandoval. Oh my God. Crazy. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Hopefully, we'll uh, see where it goes. Hopefully, the Red Sox can still be in the wild card by the end of the year. But hopefully, they uh, end up in last place. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Assholes of the week. Yeah. Let's start. Gato, you go. Yeah, I'll go. I actually just found this one, but um, I love it. This is a cool one. Um, <laughs> so, do tell the, the Daily Beast. Um, the Daily Beast reported um, under a a article called "Combustible Cuomo." Disgraced anchor Chris Cuomo attempted to set CNN ablaze. Straight-o. With his $125 million lawsuit earlier this year, all while he had secret aspirations of putting out fires. 
the former CNN primetime star applied for a volunteer position with the East Hampton Fire Department earlier this year, but his application was withdrawn (laughs) a short time after meeting with chiefs. Two people familiar with the matter told uh, Confider, then seemed eager to become a member of the all-volunteer squad, our, our sources, but balked at the time commitment. <laughs> I want to be a firefighter, but I don't want to do anything. I want to be there. I want to walk in and like eat with you guys and then just walk out. <laughs> just having the name recognition of Chris Cuomo, right, would do so so much for the also, East what Hampton fire... fire Department brand. Yeah, what fires are in East Hampton? <laughs> <laughs> fucking fredo unreal it's a very time consuming thing quote there are monthly meetings and drills and you have to meet a percentage of your calls said ehfd chief Dwayne forrester that's why we don't have many celebrities <laughs> jesus is chris cuomo a celebrity though he got fired right well, that's the and that's what they're saying here too. They're like he's popped up in weird ways. Like he's suing CNN. He threw Don Lemon under the bus. Uh, then he visited Ukraine, talked about a comeback in an Instagram video, um, and he's releasing vague promos for the Chris Cuomo project, a merch line. With shirts and hoodies blaring free agent on the front <laughs> and are you free on the back? <laughs> That's just sad. So he he's he's effectively at this point like the people only liked Chris Cuomo because of the fact that he would go after politicians on his show. But if he doesn't have that access anymore, there's nothing about his personality that people liked. It wasn't no. anything about him. Start a podcast. Like he would do fine with he, I'm sure he'd make plenty good money if he just made a podcast. And like that's what everyone like would do in that situation. Just do that. Like stop trying to like like he's he seems like he's trying to make it like this big deal. Like he's gonna become like a fucking movie star or something. Like I don't he probably know. he probably believes he's a main character. That's yeah, for sure. Let me ask you a question. What is the over under percentage that Chris Cuomo winds up on Newsmax in three years? Not Newsmax, maybe One America News. Young Turks. No, nah, because I think they hate him there. No, then yeah. they wouldn't let him. Listen, don't ever put a right wing arc past anybody. If the money's good enough. Oh yeah, for sure. So I'm, was he just doing this just to like hang out at a bar and say I'm a firefighter? Yeah, I think, well, I think, I think it's good for optics, right? Like how is Chris Cuomo spending his time getting post-fired? Well, he's volunteering as a firefighter in, you know, the Southampton fire department. It's, it's a good for his comeback story. And Probably good for the lawsuit too. Yeah, and he, he and at this point he's like, I don't want to have to do anything. I just want the credit. I want the yeah. funny hat. Right. <laughs> I want to slide down the pole. Yeah. So he's. He, it's probably just for optics. What it's is so he, he can. It's so he can get one of those shirts that say like NY finest. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> he's like, I'm a fucking hero. On the back would say, Are you fine? <laughs> The fact that he's making free agent shirts and it's like, yeah, you're fucking Joey Gallo next year. That's definitely a good asshole, by the way. That's great. 
Yep. All right. Well, I'm going to go with Joe Manchin. It's just too easy at this point yep. it's because it's been a big week for him. Uh, he dropped support for climate and tax provisions and uh, recon- reconciliation bill. He uh, left. He, he's fucking this whole tax deal up. And apparently the intercept has pointed has put out an article that he apparently directed millions of dollars to the wetlands right near his vacation condo. Uh, Bernie Sanders came out the other day and said that very plainly that he thinks Joe that Joe Manchin is intentionally trying to destroy Biden's agenda, which Biden's agenda is already shit enough. We don't need it. Yeah, exactly. We don't need a fucking super moderate uh, making it even worse. Uh, but I, I, I we talked about this a lot that like biden needs to start doing something to him essentially strip him of all his fucking committees and robert reich who is a uh, author and he's you know progressive uh commentator made a good point should just kick him out of the party yeah at this point i understand the numbers game that it looks good on paper to be at a 50 50 split republican democrat but it's 52 48 the Republicans have Sanima and, and Manchin in their back pocket. His job has always been to just play spoiler. And there are some things that he will sign on for, but ultimately he's going to rip it to its basic shreds uh, before he agrees to even, you know, even consider voting for it. At this point, just kick him out of the party saying you're not welcome anymore. I have an unconventional take about this, though. Sure. I think that there is, in my mind, like th- there's there's no way they can't get him to do something of good use, right? And the fact that he literally won't do anything makes me want to believe that the fix has been set by the DNC itself, that they I... deliberately want him to play spoiler for the reason that they want to essentially maintain whatever this like dysfunction is for some sort of voting edge or some sort of strategy that they think that they have in their fucking crazy heads. I'll go one further. If you want to do conspiracy theories, I'll go one further. And I think the democratic party is intentionally trying to lose in the midterms to help their funding. They're better when they're the, that's true. You know, like we need your help. We need to take down the evil. Like that's how they fundraise better. That's their only message. Right. Yeah. And I and by the way, these like these there are Twitter accounts that are pretty much democratic plants. Um there's a I don't know if you've ever seen he calls himself Brooklyn Dad something or whatever. Yeah, I've seen him, yeah. Um and there's a podcast called Motor She Wrote. How embarrassing to have a podcast based on a TV show of like an old woman detective. And about Robert Mueller in 2022, like the biggest fucking waste of time ever, Robert Mueller. They've been, I've been noticing, because I'll, I'll, I'll kind of keep an eye on those accounts because in large part, I think they're just Democratic plants. Mm-hmm. And what I've been noticing lately, there's a lot of rehashing of 2016. So blame Bernie, blame Bernie people, and a lot of vote shaming. And because that's the best way to get people to vote. Right. And yeah. And a lot of people and a lot of them are going like, I'd vote for Joe Biden in 2024. Retweet if you would, too. 
And that makes me think that the DNC has seen some bad poll numbers. And they're like, we need to start like getting a well, feel of where, where we stand. We need to Any, punch this up. Yeah. Any, anytime you see someone saying like retweet if you'll vote oh, for God, this candidate, so that's bad. them trying to get that's them trying to get poll numbers. Like that's them trying to see who's out there, what their demographic looks like. They're just engage just engagement on. farming. Yeah. On there's a there's a great account called Occupy Democrats. <laughs> it's the funniest shit ever so because bad. every tweet is retweet if you believe. But when when Ivana Trump died, they put out a tweet that uh, Donald Trump's ex wife Ivana has passed away. She's like the mother to like like I can't remember exactly what he said, but it basically like called Ivanka to like the demon children or something. Ivanka. Eric, I can't. Oh God, I fucking! I hate that I can't remember it because it, it was fucking incredible. People were fucking losing their fucking minds. Like Dan Bongino and all the fucking maggot chuds were just losing their fucking minds at this. Got to find this tweet. It's so fucking good. <laughs> it, it it would make perfect satire if it was actually satire, but it's not. No, they one hundred percent believe what they're saying oh let me find it every i feel like it's run by fucking cnn because everything they write is like breaking 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 i i'm looking through it right now it's like um breaking joe rogan biggest podcaster in the world mocks donald trump as man baby and he says he's so full of fucking energy because he's on adderall so retweet if you think rogan got it right for once (laughs) <laughs> it's it, it, it is a gold account it really is because it's just the funniest shit but it's so serious though like i i honestly it, it's a verified account too yeah it's just dumb oh god i gotta find this fucking tweet here it is um second they put so much out Holy shit. Yeah, it's it's constant engagement farming. Um just Yeah, here it is. Breaking. Ivana Trump, Donald Donald's first wife and the mother of the monstrous Ivanka <laughs> Don Jr. and Eric Dyes. She's 73. <laughs> monstrous. <laughs> oh, it's so good. And like people just lost their fucking minds. The tolerant see, left. <clears throat> that's that's what's. Those are the ones that you click on just to read the comments, man. Oh, it's so good. I recommend anybody if you're on Twitter, you got to follow that account. It's in, it's incredible. So yeah. Oh, so anyway, in large part, Joe Manchin, fuck you. As as a second asshole for for me this week, and Tom, tell me if you're going to do Donald Trump on this one, but Donald Trump's like campaign team using the death of his ex-wife oh, for for funding was fucking terrible. Never never let a good tragedy go to waste. Oh yeah, I saw that too where they had like the basically like the email template that said donate to the defend America thing. Oh my god. It so it went out like hours later, not even, right? It did. Yeah, the whole thing is ridiculous. I um, mean, I I guess yeah, I, if it's any tragedy, you just take take full advantage of it yeah while you're upset here donate (laughs) she would have wanted it that way donations are the new tissues so um 
Donald Trump is not my asshole of the week. Believe it or not, the um, the Fox Sports production team are my assholes of the week. For those who were following along in um, Second Mouse Talks Baseball, on the it, during the Saturday game, there was an overhead shot of Ground Zero where the geniuses at Fox Sports thought it would be a good idea to superimpose both the Red Sox and Yankees logos in the foundations of the Twin Towers. I don't Just... know how to necessarily be I don't know how to be eloquent in saying like how disrespectful that is to the people who died at, at ground zero for just like a vanity shot of the city. Like there's so many other fucking ways you can advertise it's baseball night in America. First off, you stole that from NBC's football night in America. You <laughs> and they've had that since like 2004. Like, I don't know how you guys didn't pick up on that, but it's just, I'm looking at it right now. It just looks so tacky. And the sad thing is, too, is that there are going to be thousands of people or millions of people that have no context of what that picture is. I didn't even notice it at first because I just, I, it just looked like cityscape with the Red Sox and the Yankees on it. And then all of a sudden, like, I saw it kind of going viral and I was like, oh my God, that's fucking ground zero. I, I mean, that was probably like a, a editing intern fucking that was building graphics and didn't fucking understand what the fuck they were doing probably w were born after fucking 9-11 so they had no understanding of how bad that really was to be i can with. also see it just them thinking like oh yeah it's a it's a historic site in in new york we'll just put the graphic <laughs> on there not realizing like dude like it, it's only that looks that way because well that's where the that fucking building fell. yeah it that's didn't look that way from like 2001 to 2005 <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> yeah like i i because like i have to imagine right those things go through many iterations where like the person makes it that next person checks it, then passes it off to the next level. They check it, they recheck it. And then like who, like nobody was like, huh, this doesn't seem like a good idea. I mean, ultimately that comes down to always the producer. The producer is the final say on all that stuff. Yeah, I would have been so, like, no, it's not going up. And and I can tell you, like we were watching that game at Z's house, right? So yeah. like how many times did I say, what the fuck are these guys talking about? Like the announcing was terrible. Oh, it's too. terrible. It's awful. Yeah. Oh, they're gonna they're gonna miss Joe Buck heavily. It's baseball. Which is a weird thing to say. <laughs> it's baseball. Yeah, the though the, the my favorite though was when uh, I forgot uh, Mike. Uh, the, I forgot who hit the three run homer. They, oh, he, yeah, he, yeah. The <laughs> he thought it was a grand slam, and he goes, and there the ball is going deep, and it's a grand three run homer. <laughs> I am. Um shook by that i will say though i think um before like regional sport networks and team-based sports like channels got big the the national networks always had the better announcers now i think it's the opposite i think like yeah i think like nesson yes sny uh Masson, they all have better announcing than the ESPN or MLB MLB TV's got some pretty good people on there because I think they get it, but like Fox is just bad. Yeah, and then losing Joe Buck is going to be like pretty significant for them. Where did he go? ESPN. No shit, really. Monday Night Football. It's going to be Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Oh boy! All right. 
And I'm going to watch the Manning cast anyway. So Yeah. Yeah, so uh, the people who run the production truck at Fox Sports, you're my assholes of the week. Congrats, guys. Boy. You're all fucking stupid. All right, picks, picks of the week. Who we got? I'll start. Uh, so there is a podcast that I've been listening to. Uh, it's the Athletic uh, Football Show. So the Athletic is a really good – I recommend it. It's not that expensive. Uh, if, you, if you're really into, like, sports, they do amazing articles. Uh, they also have a podcast, and uh, they've been – it's uh, Zach Kiefer. He is chronicling uh, Andrew Luck's career. It's hmm. a six-part series, um, so it's like 40 minutes per. It's really, really fucking good. And it's going from basically when he was in, like, high school, like growing up with, uh, with uh, I think Oliver Luck, his father, and uh, basically going through high school, going through college, and like what ultimately led to what is the best college quarterback prospect since Elway having such a short career, and uh, ultimately, you know, not not having the career that everyone kind of expected to. So, but it also kind of gives you more insight on who he is as a person, and it's really really fascinating stuff. So, recommend give it a listen. Yeah, um, I I listen to a Formula One podcast that's ran by The Athletic, and it's really in-depth. It's really good. I, I appreciate The Athletic in more ways than one because I think they've just been able to collect a number of really good sports journalists that are going outside of the really like mainstream like hot takes approach that ESPN and Fox Sports have taken. Um, they actually – the athletic had a really cool write up about um, the growing formula one fan base in the United States. And they talked about a bar in Charlotte that they will open early so people can watch races there. That's cool. Yeah. And it was the fact that they highlighted that place is really exciting because that's how you, that's how you grow a fan base. They, they really have cultivated a lot of talent over there. If you're into the NFL draft stuff, uh, Dane Brugler, who's probably the best at it, he every year he does like a monster report where he does like a scouting report. I think he does like a full scouting report on like 300, like out of like 300 prospects. Mm -hmm. So, like, it takes like him like the entire year, but like the level of commitment, even like because I mostly follow for Giants stuff and like the Giants beat, beat writers on the athletic staff, it's just tremendous work. So uh, one of the few things it's like, I think it's a couple bucks a month. It's not expensive and it's totally fucking worth it. And it's, it's completely like pay to view anything, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, there's no, no additionals or anything that you have. It's like, I think it's like, I think that you, you can start off with a, it's like a couple bucks a month and mm -hmm. um, it's, it, it's totally worth it from like, like the in-depth articles that you can get. Um, and you know, for, for any any of your sports, uh, so I follow for Knicks, Yankees, and Giants, uh, just tremendous, really really good content. Yeah, right now the promo is a dollar for the first month, and then I believe yeah. seven ninety nine thereafter. Yeah, it's it it's totally fucking worth it. I I got it for the draft because I wanted to. I got that Cheater. promo because I wanted. To, yeah. <laughs> well, no, because I wanted I wanted to I yeah I wanted to you know kind of see who the giants were going to take and and honestly i just like decided to keep it because it's just really really good articles so 
Yeah, man. I might have to get into this. Yeah, I recommend it. Tom's already pilled. I can see it. Oh, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> I just actually signed up myself, so it, it, I thought I could get I, a fucking clue. <laughs> dude, it's, it's, I'm telling you, it, it's one of those purchases that I don't regret. And it's like, I was going to turn it off after the month, like just for the dollar. And I was like, nah, it's fucking worth it. Because now, it's nice to have compelling articles and things to read written by people who are thoughtful rather than just trying to like smush it, out something. It's not clickbait. Yeah. Like, none of this stuff is clickbait. It's all um, Dan Duggan, who does uh, beat writing for the New York Giants. He put out a full history on the Mara family and what caused the dysfunction ultimately, like kind of like why the Giants are in this spot now. And it highlights their entire history. It is fucking tremendous. It, it is an amazing article. I don't know why we give them so much credit. They basically stole it, our Giants episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah. They're just listening to the Second Mouse podcast, and yeah, writing, exactly. Which is which is actually funny because uh, remember we were talking about with ESPN the other day how they're like um, they they had they had a talking point and it was like. Um, why are which Laker players are getting the most unfair criticism right yeah. now? It's like you're the criticism, machine. right? You're, you're the, the, one the one only you're people talking about this. <laughs> yeah, like talk about making your own fucking news. Yeah, Jesus you're you're Christ. you're building the narrative and then criticizing the narrative. So it's like you can't have it both ways. So yeah, that's cool. It's worth worth checking out. I'm looking at it right now. Got um, what you got. So I was recommended a show uh, from a coworker of mine, and it is called From. It is on Epics, and um, the little synopsis here is that unravel the mystery of a city in Middle USA that imprisons everyone who enters as the residents struggle to maintain a sense of normalcy and seek a way out. They must also survive the threats of the surrounding forest. And so I checked out, you should check out this trailer for it, for, the, for this uh, show. It's, it's from the executive producers of Lost. Um, I, I can't say that I know anybody in the cast per se, but sometimes that makes a show better, you know? Um, it, the trailer starts with like a family in an RV and they essentially, they, they're driving through a town and they come across a, a tree that's down in the middle of the road and uh, they get freaked out by some like ravens and they get back in their, in their RV and they, they drive back through the town they had passed. And essentially they realize no matter which direction they drive on this road through town, they end up exactly back in the town. Um, it's very like uh, Stephen Kingish in that sense, you know? And... Yeah, I um I uh, watched a, uh, a a trailer for it a couple weeks ago, and it reminded me very much of a Stephen King. The main actor is from uh, Oz. I remember him from Oz. Oh, okay. I, I thought he looked familiar. I just couldn't place him. You know, he was uh the character in the wheelchair. But uh, yeah, and then there's like a weird thing about at night. Basically, these like creatures come to your window or your door, and they try to convince you to like open up and let them in, and then they kill you. You know, <laughs> so. Very up, very much up my alley, so I'll have to. Uh, I, is Epics a streaming service? I don't even know what is Epics. 
Epix has a streaming service. Yeah, I think it, I'm not sure. Is it a is it like a channel, like a premium channel, like a Showtime or HBO, or is it a? Uh, I always just felt a like streaming. I felt like Epix was kind of like a throw-in for like a cable package. I don't think yeah. we have Epix on Optimum. It's a premium cable and satellite television network. Mm-hmm. Uh, MGM owns them. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So actually, Amazon owns them. <laughs> oh, <laughs> of course. Yeah, it's it's a subsidiary, a division of Amazon's MGM Holdings Inc. But uh, I think they, you know, I think we were talking about it a week ago. You know, Amazon's also been putting out some some higher quality content, like with the boys and whatnot. So. Oh, and I want to point out um, a pick I had a couple weeks ago. Better Call Saul is back. There's five episodes left. The first episode just hit last week. It was fucking insane. Amazing. So watch that too. Nice. Tom, what you got? Yeah, so I have another Netflix movie that I watched this weekend. Um, and it's another World War II movie. But I will say that I think Netflix has done a really good job of finding very niche historical dramas that they've been able to buy the rights to and put on. Um, the movie I'm talking about is, is called a call to spy, which is a true story about Virginia hall, Vera Atkins and Nora Khan. And these are the, the film is about the, the foundation of, uh, the the all women's spy ring in the United Kingdom during World War II and how the British government was really British intelligence was really far behind when the war broke out about gathering intelligence in France and behind enemy lines and how they recruited women from different backgrounds to serve as radio operators to serve as intelligence gatherers and I was really just struck by the pacing of the film and how natural it felt. It didn't feel over the top. It didn't feel like it was a Hollywood movie in the sense that they had to, you know, create storylines or unnecessary tension. Like Virginia Hall and Norcon are two already really interesting and heroic individuals. Virginia Hall was an American who was spying for the British in Northern France and Nor Inat Khan was a, a, a woman who was born in Russia to a Muslim father, to an English mother, and eventually wound up, grew up in France, wound up in England, started spying for the British, was a radio operator who sent messages back and forth between France and the UK, eventually was captured and killed at Dachau. And, you know, I I was really, really impressed by this film because it took three characters and did not have to do the Marvel way where like they were they're perfect already and you know they just won the war on their own. Like they had their own faults and they had their own issues that they were dealing with, and they were certainly vulnerable characters, but it was captivating and it was good. And um the the film again is a call to spy. And I would recommend if anybody's looking to learn about the other side of World War II that's not saving Private Ryan, but a lot of the things that ended up winning the war, like helping the French resistance and gathering information on the Nazis, this is something you want to watch. Cool. Awesome. 
Yeah, it reminds me of like the lady in red who was one of the most uh, like successful Nazi hunters. Yeah. During World War II. I mean, Virginia Hall is she was born in Maryland and she won the Coup de Gras, which is the highest award of in uh, France can give to somebody in an act of heroism. Um, Nora Khan is somebody obviously she's she had died, but Vera Atkins was a Hungarian or was a Romanian immigrant who was trying to be naturalized in Great Britain during the war. And she built that spy network. And it's it was a really compelling film. I really enjoyed it. Cool, man. Awesome. But uh, that does it for another episode of the Second Mouth Podcast. Thanks again, y'all, for, for coming in and listening to us talk about fucking our favorite candy and chocolate and complaining about just the normal shit that we do. Um, you can find us on all major streaming platforms like Spotify, Apple, Google Play. Honestly, the Amazon people are starting to creep up as well. I think they're taking the hint. Um, but you can also find us on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can find us at Second Mouse Podcast on all of those platforms. Lastly, we do this for you all. So do us a favor and send us a couple messages about what you want us to talk about next week. Who are your assholes of the week? And who are, what are some of the picks of the week that you want to share with us? As well as any topics that you think we need to talk about and, and dig into. And if you decide to buy or donate money to buying a giant gummy snake that Tom will then eat on camera, um, we're not going to stop you. It's so, 26 pounds. We need at least $150. Call it $160. We're shipping. And I'm going to eat it. I'm going to eat it all. All righty, folks. We'll, we'll see you all next week. Bye. On we go. I know. It's a miracle.